Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 249. Today is Tuesday. I almost said January, June 13th, 2023. If you guys are listening on Spotify, you guys are listening to this podcast on Spotify and you are not following Elijah Fire Podcast, go ahead and give us a follow. That'll really help us out. And then write us a review as well. Pretty please, an honest review. Uh, if you guys are listening on the podcast or on the app, if you're listening on the Spotify app or uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, you can rate us there as well. That'll really help us out as well. So um, just I said yesterday, and I'm going to say it again, starting tomorrow, we're starting a new teaching series, and it's about the power of prayer. And it's with Christina Baker. We love Christina Baker. So it's going to be three parts. Part one of three starts tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and for those who maybe didn't hear my announcement yesterday or you forgot, Christina Baker, um, she has over a million followers on TikTok. Uh, and she, what she started doing was God had her start to, hey, I want you to just pray. I want you to just pray for people. And so that's, that's what she's been doing. It's just 60 seconds-ish. Um, and she's always just like, hey, wait, let me pray for you. And I'm always encouraged. Anytime I see that in my feed, I stop and I just receive and I agree with those prayers. So um, Illumination and I were talking about what to do next for a teaching series. And she was like, hey, what about Christina Baker? And I said, well, let's reach out to her and see how she feels about that. And she said, well, guess what? I have a whole teaching that I do in, with churches and groups about intercession and prayer. And we said, would you want to do that maybe? For that? She was like, I'd love to. So um we're really looking forward to that that's gonna be really great um because especially man we just that we know upper game with the prayer and the intercession you know some of you guys are like i already do jeff but the the people that aren't doing that um yeah so it's gonna be great i'm really looking forward to that also also for this whole week we are promoting a survey that we would love for you guys to fill out it takes about a minute and if you just click the link in the description there, right at the top of that section, there's a link to a survey. You click that and it says, pick your three options of the things that you would like to see the most as topics that we really hone in on. And it's been really cool. There's also an other section. So you can click the other, you can do like two. And then for the third one, you can select other. And uh, you can, we've been like, had like tons of really great suggestions. So even if you don't pick one of those three that are listed there and you go for the other, we are going to be taking into consideration every single one of these topics. I think they're all great. So it's been so great hearing from you guys. And we want to hear from even more of you guys. A couple thousand people watch this show or listen to it. So um, there's, you know, uh, you know, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear you guys make, make your voices known and we want to hear from those voices. So uh, we're going to be promoting that up until Friday. So you have until then to fill it out. Uh, we really appreciate that, you guys. So also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, um, we take a portion of every donation, even if it's five bucks, and we funnel it into our water well efforts over into Uganda, Ethiopia, Nepal, and beyond. And uh, there's just so much that we've been able to do because of your guys' generosity through donating through Elijah Streams or Elijah Fire, or sometimes both, if you guys are extra like that. So we're gonna play a quick update and then we're gonna get going. The, the villagers have got to walk all through this dirt and this, this swamp 
to go and pick water. To show you this is to really let you know you are not only uh, doing history but leaving a legacy. Because from, from this water to clean water, you have eliminated all diseases. There are many communities that are still struggling and suffering. Uh, so we continue to pray with you and continue to pray with us that we shall continue to lift up the standards of living of our people and that they can be free from all sicknesses. God bless you. We are now, we are now heading to the launch of a wonderful gift that you have donated yeah. to elevate these people from this level to the that. level now you're going to see. It's up for you. We thank you. We thank you so much for alleviating this community from bad contaminated water and we pray that God blesses you so much we are going to open it and launch it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen and on behalf of Elijah Steve, I hand over this hall to the leaders and to the people and I dedicate it to God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and everyone who say Amen you are impacting thousands. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. I love that Pastor Hudson dude. He's shown up in a couple of videos and he just makes me smile. I just think it's great. Uh, so thank you again, you guys. Um, we we really, really appreciate it. Um, all right. So my guest today, he's an evangelist. He's also the host of the fantastic podcast farewell to the surface let's give it up for my guest today joshua zeko hey man what's going on how's hey. everyone doing how, how you been man it's been a while since you've been on the show yeah i've been i've been good uh extremely busy extremely stretched um but these are you know i'm in one of those seasons you look back on and um you know god's hand was there you know what i'm saying and um mm -hmm. one of those seasons where uh, it's actually Psalm 66. Um, this is actually one of my one of my favorite uh, verses. I'm gonna read it real quick. Okay. I wasn't planning to do this, but um, it just it just kind of popped in. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of my favorite life verses, and it, I think this is kind of where how I feel. Uh, you know, things are going right now, and it says um, Psalm 66 verse 10 says, "For you, O God, have tested us; you have tried us as silver is tried." You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. Hmm. And so, um, and then it goes on to talk about, you know, the promises and of God and, and stuff like that. And and so that's, you know, just, a, but a new exciting season. So I've been well, you know, I'm blessed. Yeah. I mean, I've, it, been? I, I've been good, man. You know, just busy we got back from israel about a month and some change ago and that was pretty life-changing and it you know it sounds kind of cliche mm -hmm. uh, as i've been like saying that it sounds kind of cliche but it's true man and it's yeah. just like and they yeah again another cliche the bible comes alive but it <laughs> but it really does you know so it's just been um be, i don't know dude i'm still processing it actually like that whole that whole trip yeah, I actually just had a friend who just went. He said it's so surreal when you actually see the places. He was talking about this, uh, I think it was the uh, Sea of Galilee. 
um was it the yeah. sea of galley um but he's saying you know you read these stories and you think of like the you know and they talk about the storm and the waves and the wind that story you know yeah. and he's like you think of these like crazy ocean but then you go there and he's like it's just little you know it's a little late kind of thing uh-huh. um, so yeah. he said it's just really interesting to actually see these places where these stories were kind of written and stuff so yeah well and one of the things that was really cool dude it's like and I found myself doing this. Uh, it was it, it was just a very and it, like a sensory experience for me because like we went through this place called Mount Arbel, which is said to have been like one of the pa- the paths that Jesus walked to get into the Galilee region, and um, everything is like limestone there, and it makes this really unique sound when you hear the limestone rocks clinking against each other. Almost sounds like a combination between like rocks clinking and glass clinking at times. Mm. Like it's really and so I kept like just I would stop and I would close my eyes and I would just listen to like nature and then like how things smelled and then like the type of vegetation and the dirt beneath my feet, all those things played into like, it became this very immersive experience of like, okay, now I know because I'm very visual and my imagination is always firing. And so I was like, okay, now I know what to picture, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that, that was the really, really cool part. Um, cause like they say like mountain and most of the time it'd be like, especially if you live in California, for those who live in California, specifically Southern California, the Hills in Northern, uh, LA County is like, those are mountains. That's what they call mountains. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, like Hills, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that was really interesting. Uh, there are some legit mountains, but a lot of times when they're saying Mount Carmel, Mount Arbel, it's like Hills a lot of times. yeah that was another thing he mentioned yeah that's funny Mm -hmm. yeah that's very interesting i would love to go yeah it's it's worth it everybody should go if you can um but dude one of the things that's just been so cool uh just observing the season that god has you in is is really it does seem like while there's been a lot there's been a lot of promotion a lot of great opportunities that god has given you like recently you were on michael knoll's show Mm-hmm. um and that was just i mean i was i was so happy for you man so excited that's awesome oh, man. i appreciate you bro yeah no that's definitely you know what i've learned about the kingdom you know it says um you know he who humbles himself god will exalt and it's um what i've realized about the kingdom is you go through these seasons of deep humbling and and deep consecration and, and being set apart unseen unrecognized and then it's like all of a sudden you just find yourself at the top of a mountain and it's like it's weird because you go through you'll you'll just be so far from feeling like you're even close to something like that and then in just the blink of an eye it's like you find yourself in a place you know on a mountaintop and um and so i've noticed that's been the theme of my walk is you know um and so it's very interesting how god does that you know yeah yeah no i think that's a great way of putting it because it is like you it, it is this like or you go to sleep and all of a sudden you wake up and you're like was that was that all just a dream like of me yeah. being in the valley all of a sudden I'm on a mountaintop? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, too, sometimes it's like when you get into those mountaintop seasons, there's sometimes I've actually been overwhelmed by some of the blessing that God has heaped where I'm like, I almost am like tempted to say stop. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is overwhelming, you know, uh, but he's good. I mean, I think, though, even when you're in those valleys, though, there's still you're still experiencing the goodness of God. It's not like, I mean, you yeah. be going through something hard, but man, um, I can think of numerous in- instances in my life when there's, I still experienced God's goodness. You know, it's not like you're, you're, you're only experiencing his goodness when you're on those mountaintop seasons, but yeah. 
No, absolutely. I was actually telling a friend the other day, um, I said, man, there was, when I first felt like I got invited into friendship with God, during that season, that was one of those places where like, you know, if I, I, I wasn't doing really anything on social media, um, God wasn't really allowing me to every time I'd go to make a video or something, mm -hmm. if something was burning on my heart, I had a word, it was a genuine word from God. But anytime I'd go to like, do it, it was kind of God would really check my heart and my heart mm -hmm. wasn't in a wrong place. It was just something he was just doing with me, you know, something he was doing in me. Um, and so, and then every now and then when he would make, let me make a video or, you know, do anything, anything where my ministry was shared with others, I guess you could say, um, you know, it was like zero acknowledgement, you know what I mean? It was like, you get one, what you get on live or something. It's like one person gets on that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, but the thing that was crazy is that, you know, everything was recorded in heaven. And so I was seeing miracles. I was, you know, I was in the closest place with Jesus. I was in friendship with God, yet there was absolutely nothing to, I guess, solidify it or validate that other than my experience with God and just knowing that I was with him and how, you know, how amazing that season was. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I took advantage of it. Um, but I was telling my friend, I said, there's times, you know, now where, you know, God's, I think this is the beginning and this is, you know, I've had words, probably two people give me this word that this is really just the beginning of my ministry being birthed. And, and I've seen that. And, and these yeah. things are part of that. Um, and within seeing that I've also realized how quickly none of it matters without him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that, like I I've had moments where I'm like, I don't feel like I was, I, I'm, uh, as close as far as being a friend to God as some of those times back then. Um, but, I, you know, and that's a little bit what I'm going to get in today. A lot of that is sonship, you know what I mean? And, um, and just maturing into knowing God and just knowing how to move as a son versus needing the, the constant, I guess, you know, feelings of, of validation from God and yeah. encouragement. So Man. it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I feel that, dude, because like that's something that I would say the past year, God has really been. I don't, I wouldn't say that this was an issue with me at one point in my life. It was, and if anything, it's God affirming the growth that's happened within my heart. I think maybe that's a good way of looking at it, but it's just that whole idea of like, man, you could get success, uh, beyond your wildest imagination. You could get all of these like uh, nice house, like all these different things. But if you've left Jesus in the dust, you have absolutely nothing, you know? And oh, yeah. like, that's the reality. And there's been so many times where like even desires in my own heart that God put there, mm -hmm. I've been like constantly laying them at the altar. Like, God, I don't, I don't want this. If it means sacrificing my relationship and the intimacy that I have with you, like, I don't, it's not worth it, you know? Yeah. And then God's like, okay, you can keep it. <laughs> you know, It's like, here, here's more. Here's the, yeah. you're like, no, 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 Lord, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, but that's something that God has really been speaking to me about has been that, that same thing of just like, man, if, if you don't have Jesus, like you have absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. especially if he's the one that opened a door and then you said peace, you know, and then you go about your, your, your merry way doing your own thing. You know, it's yeah. just not worth it. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that everybody like knows, uh, you know, intellectually or we know in our minds. Um, but until you're really put, I think in some of those situations, you don't realize, realize it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and it's so easy to subtly get pulled away by those things. Um, 
but it's definitely something that he taught me really early on. And I think that, you know, and that was a point of that comment is just, you know, that's that season where I was, it was really four years, you know, of just being in the wilderness, um, four and a half, five years almost, you know, and, um, and, but those seasons now I look back and I'm like, man, I had, I was like living in glory for a lot of that time. Um, and I, and, and then I was thinking, I was like, man, God, like, it really doesn't matter how, like, if I had, if you gave me $10 million tomorrow and I had, you know, 5 million followers, whatever it is, whatever, how big, you, the biggest you could think, if I didn't have your presence, it really sucks, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, especially really when sucks. you know what his presence is like, it's, yeah. it, it's really not worth it. I'd rather dig yeah. holes for a living and, and have his presence, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's the, that's the Christian goal right there. He is the prize for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, um faith and works that's the title of this episode and we'll just bounce off from there but that was kind of a, a topic that you'd presented to us um i would love to hear your thoughts on it because this is something that i really really love i think that there's a lot of especially when i was a younger christian there was a lot of talk um amongst my friends of like the bible's constant contradictory because it says it's faith not works but then like james goes rogue and then says i'll show you my faith by what i do mm-hmm. so what is it you know so i would love to hear your thoughts on it no, definitely. This is one of my favorite topics. And the reason why is because when I first got born again, I didn't know anything about church or Christian culture. So when I got born again, I was in jail for two months. And in those two months, uh, I was just falling in love with Jesus. Right. And so when I got out and started trying to go to churches, I didn't know what to expect. And so this was one of the topics along with like once saved, always saved. It's kind of in that vein. How much do works matter? How much does sin matter, really? And these kind of things. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about because what I found among other things is that there is this happy balance in the middle of most of these things. Most of these topics that people argue about, that God has shown me that there is a, a middle in there. And so it's this healthy balance in the middle. And, and I think a lot of misunderstanding that we have, um, you know, that we're going through that doesn't allow us to to really understand some of these things and not to get you know too 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 spiritual or over spiritual spiritualize it but a lot of it is i believe like more metaphysical type of spiritual truths that we are not understanding by the spirit but we're understanding in our minds and in our flesh and that's why we're having um, more of a black and white understanding of them and so that was one of the main things where i realized it would shift depending on the churches I was going to. And so, for example, I spent, you know, a year at a more like reformed Bible teaching, you know, church where they didn't really believe in the moves of the Holy Spirit. They said they did, but you never saw it. There was, you know, there was never any space for that. Uh, I guess they had more of an idea of like God would just in his sovereignty, just just blast the building. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like either he does it or it's not real kind of thing. Um, but I believe we have to, you know, allow him that space and, and, and kind of pursue that in him. Um, but then I would go to more of Pentecostal churches where it was like all about works. Um, you go to, to African churches, it's extremely like work orientated. Um, and so I was finding all it was like all this stuff changes depending on on the church I'm going to. Interesting. Um, so what is the truth? How much does this matter? Where does this all fit in? And so the first thing that I realized was that the biggest, um, I guess, separation is that there is something called salvation and then there is sanctification. And so what I realized is that 
we are saved by grace alone through faith. That's what mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, I think 8, I believe, says. We're saved by grace through faith alone, period. So no man can boast. That is the gospel, right? So we are saved by our faith. No works involved in that. That is your salvation. It's a done deal. But then also I started to realize that there is the gospel, the good news of salvation, And then there's the good news of the kingdom, which that was what Jesus preached, was he preached the good news of the kingdom. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. He wasn't preaching, um, um, uh, come uh, believe in me necessarily that I died on the cross. Like that message wasn't there yet. It was in the process of being established. And so he was preaching the kingdom, you know, come to me and you'll come and believe and you will pass from, from death into eternal life. John five. Right. So it's like, I started to notice, okay, you're saved. And a lot of things were, I guess this whole works thing, what was coming into play was people. And it's, it's really interesting to me because if you read James two, it says clear as day. I mean, it's like, I don't get why, why we get in arguments about it, but it says that, you know, show me your faith and I'll show you my works by, by or my faith by my works. It's, it's, you know I mean? I think I had it pulled out, but, but um, it was like, this understanding of, okay, you're saved by grace. So anytime you start to talk about works, people will be like, oh, you're saved, you're saved by your faith. And I'm like, well, I'm not talking about my salvation. So I guess let me, let me paint a little picture. So you're, you come to Jesus, you receive Jesus, you put your faith in him, you're saved by grace, done deal. It, it, it's mm-hmm. a closed case. Yep. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're saved. Your, your spirit is now saved. All right. But now you have the process of sanctification to work out. And that is the process of growing as a son. That is the process of ascending as a son. That Mm -hmm. is the process of becoming Christ-like. All of that stuff requires work. And I'm not trying, the first thing I want to say before I really get into this more is I'm not trying to put any works on anybody. Um, And what God told me was to encourage people in their salvation, but challenge them in their works. And so what my goal in this this episode is I really want to comfort people in their salvation and the security of it. But I also really want to push people for some works and really pull them into some places that that aren't comfortable. And the reason being is because what I started to notice was that I was meeting all types of different Christians. Right. And in in a non-judgmental way, I just started to observe and notice certain things. For one, I would observe my life and then I would observe those around me. And God was showing me like, it's like, all right, I meet somebody and they're always dealing with depression. Um, Let's just get this random example. They're always dealing with depression or they're they're always complaining. Like there were certain things that they were always in this space. And then I'd meet someone else who was going through stuff and they always seem to have more joy. They always seem to have more hope. Um, they they had a more healthy view of God in some ways. And just all across the board, I would I would once I got to a more of a place of knowing these people, it was kind of like I would realize, like, well, how much do you read your Bible? You know, this would c- come about throughout relationship. You'd realize, oh, this person doesn't really read their Bible too much. Uh, they don't really pray that much either. They, you know, I I don't pray too much. Then you're finding out this person spends a lot of time in the secret place. So you start to make these correlations and these differences, and they're not any less saved than the other. You know, it's like one person saved, they're both saved. Um, But one person is experiencing more of of the kingdom now than the other. And what was the dividing and determining factor? It was always time spent with God. 
And so that's what got me thinking. You know, the Bible says that, and, and I think Matthew 7, when he says to depart from me, you workers of iniquity, whether you like it or not, we are, this is all built on works, not your salvation. We're past salvation. That is faith alone. Now, now in, enter into the kingdom of God. It's based on your works. It says, because um, sin is a work, worker of iniquity. It's, that is a work. Opening your Bible to read is a work. Loving God is a work. Praying is a work. Going to church is a work. These are all these are all works. And so depending on how much time you put into these things is always going to affect your relationship with God. It's going to affect the way that you see. It's going to affect the way that you move in the kingdom. And so I started to find, you know, the the I guess the balance in all this where it doesn't matter if I don't do the work, I'm saved, you know, and, and, and I'm sealed by that. But the work is what's going to determine how much you ascend into into Christ, how much of Christ is formed in you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. When you say something, well, I was another thing that just I keep keeps popping into my head is the like an analogy of like being married or being in a relationship. Right. So like if I get married to my wife, uh, we are married. We are husband and wife. Right. As a covenant before God, even legally. Um, as recognized by the state that we're, we're in. Um, but then there actually needs to come a point of like, it's not, it's not like a thing you check off the list. I mean, obviously like, yes, I'm married, check off the list, but then it's a constant perpetual, like in any relationship, even whether it's a romantic one or not, it takes investment and there are going to be signs. Like if I love my wife, people should be able to tell that I love my wife by what I do. Mm-hmm. Not just by, oh yeah, I love my wife, you know? Right. Um, and they go, I really but like, you're like, not, you're doing some dodgy stuff, bro. You know, like yep. there, there shouldn't be that. There should be a, I love my wife. Therefore that compels me. There's going to be fruit. Right. 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 And so the same goes with God and, and um, that it's like, if we believe in something, it's going to breed action. There's going mm-hmm. to be action as a result of it. Like if I have a, if I make chairs for a living and I'm promoting my chairs to everybody, but no one ever sees me sit in the chair myself, or if I get massive anxiety as a result of like the thought of sitting in a chair, maybe I don't have, there needs to be action. Like, Hey man, check out this chair. Boom. Mm-hmm. It can hold a million pounds. I weigh a million pounds. Check it out. Yeah. You know, like, so there needs yeah. to be action behind what we say, not just, and I think that's the way that I've always looked at what James is talking about, because it's like, of course, there's going to be works as a result of belief in something. You right. can't just, you know, and like, that's really what, that's really what I think, especially now, man, like that's like a big thing within the body of Christ is like, get into where God is positioning you and go for it, produce fruit. So right. love it. No, absolutely. And that's uh, you reminded me of Second Corinthians um, 514. Paul says the love of Christ compels us. Mm-hmm. I think another translation says controls us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that and that was what I experienced. And so that's why, um, you know, a lot of these like so, for example, other religions, it's always about you're trying to work your way into enlightenment, into salvation, into God. Right. So the good news of the gospel is that Jesus did the work and now we just share in in the price that he paid. Now we have salvation free of charge. It's done. However, now that you have that, you should also have the Holy Spirit in you compelling you unto good works. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the first thing I'm going to say, too, is that 
you're not trying to do these works necessarily to get anything to go anywhere. It's It doesn't work like that. It starts out everything in the kingdom as a seed. So you start out with, with a degree of faith and a degree of grace, which will lead you into certain works. For example, when I first got saved, I would read maybe two chapters a day and pray for, you know, 30 minutes a day or something, right? Uh, and then as as that that doing those works introduced me to a dimension in God, it introduced me to a level of his presence, a level of power, a level, a level of revelation that gave me hunger hmm. for more. And as I said, Lord, I want more of this stuff. I want more of you. I want more of the kingdom. There's another level of great. There's more grace that is given to pursue God, to hunger and thirst after righteousness. So then now it starts going up. Now I'm spending more time in the word. I'm spending more time in prayer. And so the 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 works that you're doing for God always have to be equal to the grace that's given by God to do those works. And so if you're just doing like, oh, I'm going to go pray for three hours just to pray for three hours because then it's a good work or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying God won't meet you. I'm not saying that's not mm-hmm. good. I do think there's times where you push yourself, stretch yourself. However, if you're outside, if God's like, look, all I'm trying to really get you to do this season is I just want you to pray one hour or I just, you know, what I mean, I, I just want you to do your laundry like, you know what I mean? And so that's the interesting thing is that the grace of God, people mm-hmm. think it's always has to be a religious practice. It has to be. I read my Bible, pray and worship. But it's like I've had seasons where God just wanted me to like anytime I seen trash in public, just go pick up the trash. And that was the 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 work that I was compelled to do mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit was driving me to do. There's seasons. I remember I was I remember one season um, I I had eight years. I didn't have a license. And it must have I, been challenging. Oh, uh, it was it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but we, we made it through. And and uh, and so I finally get a car. And two days later, or actually the next day after I get it, the car blows up. So I like, I'm so excited. I finally get a car blows up. And so now fast forward another, like now I'm out another like six months or something. I get another car. It's a nice car. I had a nice Buick, all leather. It was like 50,000 miles. Very nice for my, for for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I had a little turbo in it. You know, I was feeling (laughs) so brand new. I had this car for about a week or so. And for a season, God started make by humbling me. Start my wife had a crappy car. She had an old Toyota Corolla. You know, ran forever. Always everything worked, mm-hmm. but it was like a yeah, nineteen, man. you know, two thousand mm-hmm. two thousand four. You know, very old. Just not a pretty car. Not a comfortable car. Um, he started making me drive that car, just as a way. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. my point is, is these things aren't. Wor- that was a work. That was a work that that God was giving me grace to accomplish that season to work something within my spirit. And so these works, a lot of times we get over religious with them. However, I have to make the distinction that these works will make you or break you. I'm sorry. It's just like there's like anything in life. People Mm -hmm. don't worry if you say, hey, you have to go to law school to become a lawyer. No one cares. If someone says, hey, you got to go to the gym to get bigger muscles and get in shape. No one cares. You got to eat healthy if you want a healthier body. It's all work. So what makes us think that we're going to come into the kingdom of God, which is essentially the most superior establishment in creation? I mean, it's it's a kingdom of God. And you think that you're just going to just believe God and then everything's just he's just going to do everything after that. You believe mm-hmm. God 
for salvation. You're saved. You're going to heaven. Let's get over that. Now we have to operate as sons and daughters on earth. Mm -hmm. And so what comes after that is you have to go through works. You know, like there's this idea and it drives me crazy is that, you know, people think like, especially with them, uh, the more of um, charismatic movements is like we have conferences. I love conferences. I believe Mm -hmm. in my believe in impartation. But there's this idea now that you could like just go receive an impartation. So you got this prophet that maybe has been in process for 20 years in the desert, you know, fasting and in prayer to to work into what what they're doing for God. And you think that you can just, you know, show up and just get an impartation and, and like mm-hmm. now you're gonna flow like that it doesn't mm-hmm. work like that you no. know and, and so this is the part where i'm saying i'm not trying to discourage people but i am yeah. keeping it real because this no, is what i've noticed it. no this is what i've noticed is that um because i'll I, like i said i've sat under just about every teaching um, uh-huh. I, I like the um the more seeker friendly churches i love them man i think that they're leading a lot of people to jesus however i don't think it's the best place to grow in a lot of scenarios and so i've i would notice that i would go to a lot of these like um uh, seeker friendly type churches and the the pastors typically don't talk about sin too much they don't no. talk about a lot of things um it's just a lot like, of the uh, stuff that will get people to like leave the church yeah 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 challenge you yeah. and and it's all god's promises and his love and and it's all the, it's true it's there um however there's a lot of people that are frustrated in those churches because they're wondering why they're not getting anywhere in their walks and the reason why is because a lot of these things aren't being challenged Mm -hmm. like they're 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 living a certain lifestyle or they're not putting in any work to see god so it's not working for them and they're wondering well my pastor keeps telling me like you know god's promise is going to come to pass and it's yes and amen in christ you know Mm -hmm. and and this is where like i guess the topic comes in where it's like this is where holiness makes a huge difference Mm-hmm. This is where sin comes into play. Yeah. This is where your works come into play. Again, we're not talking salvation. We're talking living in the kingdom as a son and a daughter. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite topics. And it really goes into, I mean, and I could even break it into like once saved, always saved, you know. And and that's actually a, a conversation I never got into and it's one that kind of upset me for a while, you know, like, and the reason why is because I said, what is, what does it matter? If you're saved, why are you worried about losing your salvation? Hmm. Like, what are you worried about? If you're saved, you're saved and you should be living like you're saved. We all make mistakes, including myself. I've fallen a lot. I've backslid. I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I'm not living like how much of this can I do until I lose it? It's like you make the mistake. Oh, no, I like being over here with Jesus. You you turn back. And so uh, the other part of it is what does it matter if you can lose something that you don't even have? So to the unbeliever, who they don't care if they can lose something that they don't even have in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so my, you know, where I land on it, because I always see it on TikTok. Maybe that's why I'm bringing it up. Because it's like, yeah, it's I, all over on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like every time I get on there, it's, it's like these videos. And so what you see on those videos, I'm sure you could you know, testify. It's like uh, one person will come in and they'll say, you can lose your salvation. You need to be careful. And they'll give, you know, a couple of scriptures, usually Peter 2.21 and, and you know, Hebrews 6, 6, 6, I think, or 6.4. And um, they give these these scriptures and then uh, the other person refutes them with other scriptures. And and so what I realize is that there is just as much scripture to back each point. I could read the Bible and 100% convince you, you could lose your salvation Mm -hmm. and do it with eloquence. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I could also take the Bible and 100% prove that you can't. 
Um, and so I was just talking to somebody about this, but about pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. I was like, there's literally scripture for every single one of those viewpoints. Right. To me, it's like, yeah, really quick. I want to say specifically with the once saved, always saved thing. I think you were constantly looking at, okay, say you have a friend who was on fire for the Lord. And then all of a sudden now they're something happened and there was a deviation from that devotion to the Lord. Can we in authority say with absolute authority, say they're not saved anymore. Like we actually can't because that, that is between them and the Lord. Now, obviously we know what the, the Bible instructs us how to live. And I'm very thankful for that. And, but at the same time, I look at the certain people I'm thinking of now where I'm like, with 100% certainty, I can't say they're not saved anymore. Like, because right. a lot of these people will even still acknowledge Jesus. They'll still acknowledge God, but sometimes they're in a lot of pain, you know, mm -hmm. and there's a lack of revelation. And so that's what I've really shifted with some of my, my friends is like, God, show them how much you love them. Because when you taste that, like mm -hmm. you don't want to do what they're doing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's another aspect of it as well. No, it's a huge one. And that's part of what I want to encourage people in because, man, most of my inbox is that. Like, I can't stop living this certain lifestyle. I love God. I believe in Jesus. I can't stop. Do you like the people I come from? You know, the types of people I know that did get saved, like, almost all of them are, are always like backsliding. They're always like falling away for extended periods of time. And, and a lot of them don't seem like they ever get up. There's a couple where I'm like, mm they seem done to me like that just they can't get back up their discouraging that's partially why i want to talk about this portion of it because it's mostly what comes to me and so i feel i should minister yeah. to what god is bringing to my door yeah. and and so with with saying that this is this is where some people are in disagreement when i first got saved i was hardcore you could lose your salvation i mean i was hardcore like if i sinned i'd lay in bed for two days and cry and, and you know what I mean? Like I would, I mean, I understand that condemnation. I understand all that. I was hardcore. Like if you do not, if you're not living like this, you're going to hell. Like it, I was, I was very legalistic in that like sense. Like even like, okay, if I, I, I repented, God forgave me. And then you fall back into a sin. That's, that's it. You know, it, it's, it, it that felt too? like that. It yeah. wasn't that drastic, but it was definitely like, there's no way it's impossible yeah. for you to know I've God met and people do that. like that, that are like, oh, God, if he, if God forgives you for a sin, and then you do it again, you're done. Oh no. And that's, like, I mean, geez, and man. it's, no, I mean, it's huge. And I'm not, obviously I'm not going to say names, but it's huge within charismatic culture. Hmm. You can lose your salvation. And that's why people accuse it. It's not workspace. It is. No, your growth is workspace. Your salvation is not workspace. You're saved, but you might be an immature believer the rest of your life and accomplish nothing that God des desired for you, but you'll go to heaven based off the faith. And so that's where it comes into play. Okay. So you're saved by your faith, right? And then there's people I know you, you like you mentioned, they're walking with God. They start to fall away. They slip away. Um, now it looks like they have zero fruit in their life. They don't, they, they just like, they're left with like, yeah, I believe in God and that's it. Right. So what happens with them? Cause I used to think, I think they lost their faith, but here's mm -hmm. my thing. And this is what, this is what changed it for me. I will never say, like you said, a person is not saved or saved that's for god to know it's it's really not my place so the first thing i noticed is okay so you fall away now here's the thing what about the gospel is good news if that's the case that's not good news to me like like honestly like if i hear that 
and and I say, okay, so this is the gospel message that we're all sinners. You know, Jesus came to redeem us. He died for sinners. He came to restore us back to the Father. He came to restore us back to Himself. Right. That's the good news. Is He died for me? Now I have access. Right. But now here's the story. So you, you, we were all destined for hell. You're all going to hell basically if you don't have somebody to come take, you know, a spot for your sin. Now you believe in Jesus, but here's the thing: you could still. It's a high chance you're gonna you're gonna lose it. You know, there's a big chance of you losing it. So the story is, hey, you were all destined to go to hell. Jesus came and saved the day, but still, most people are still going to hell. What about that's good news? Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. It's good news when you say, hey, when you come to Jesus, you 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 have a salvation. It's eternally secure. Yeah. That that's good news. You know what I mean? And so when you break it into sanctification, then it makes more sense. Yeah, dude. Because it's like, um, well, first off really quick, I'm not seeing this in the comments, but if you guys have differing views in the comments amongst each other, keep it civil. Like this is something that's been so much division over the church over. And like, we're actually like, doing the courageous thing and actually talking about it and talking about it, you know, and, 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 and I think that that's the more important thing. Cause there's a lot of issues in the church that we just avoid now because we don't want to have to deal with public disdain or whatever. Mm-hmm. When all we're doing is asking questions or all we're doing is right. throwing an idea. So please keep it civil. Um, but like I said, I'm not seeing them in the chat. Usually you guys are great. Um, but this is also for people that are going to maybe engage in the comments afterwards. Um, but, the whole thing of what you, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about like, man, like maybe it's also just the way that we've been raising people up in the church with church culture and all those things is it's like in his presence, Psalm says in God's presence is fullness of joy, right? So that joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Obviously that's scripture as well. And, and so, Rather than there's a lot of emphasis, even like in my time being raised up in the church, a lot of emphasis on don't, 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 don't versus do, 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 do. Um, And when you focus on the doing, when you focus on those things we are supposed to do, the fruit that is supposed to be produced, some of that comes from all, all of it comes from being in the secret place, but also that being compelled to like you were talking about earlier from second Corinthians, that the love of Christ compels us. Yeah. Um, I think that that's also an issue that I've seen within the churches, this constant emphasis on don't do this. Don't do that. This is a sin. Did you know this was a sin? Yeah. You know, rather than like the good news of guess what? There's a sacrifice there. There's someone who made a sacrifice once and for all covering your sin. Right. You are forgiven. Right. Um, and then the the revelation that comes from that propels you forward to be like, bro, like, let's go. You know, yeah. uh, the, the joy that comes from that, the relief of like, woo, you know, especially if you've done something. Exactly. Really bad, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about it to, to the other side, because I, just being transparent where I fall on is I don't know. I don't mm. know if you can or not. I don't I don't know. But I know that what I was just saying. It, it sounds like better news to me. However, I, it's what I land on it is that's not a fire you want to play with. Right. Like that is absolutely not a way that you want to live your life is like, oh, I don't know. I can't. So whatever. Or I can. So you're in fear all the time. Either way is not a way you want to live your life. You want to live as if Christ is in you and your focus is on Jesus and you can't lose. 
Um, but the other side of this is, okay, let's, when I was, you can lose your salvation. These people use the scriptures. If you could lose your salvation, I would have lost mine. Like, like a couple years ago, it would have had been gone. Cause I definitely have willfully sinned. I, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm uh -huh. still saved. Yeah, I still saved, enjoy dude. Jesus. So, so I would have lost mine if that was the case. And here's the other thing. So people will say you, you can't, or you can lose it. You can lose it. They, and it's like a, a fear base. Like, yeah, repent or you're, you're going to go to hell if you do this, this, this. But here's the thing. No one ever will tell somebody, oh, you lost it. So if I came up to any of these people and said, hey, I just I screwed up last night. None of these people are ever going to tell you, oh, you, you're unsaved. You know, so that's my thing. If you believe that someone can lose their salvation. So what are you telling me? Should I quit? I just fell. I just fell into sin. You're telling me that I, I should quit. No, we're on a battlefield and Jesus is not sitting here counting your sin against you. That's what it says in the Bible. So you get back up and you fight as if you didn't sin. You get back up and you thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ and yeah, you keep on. on moving forward. That's on. how you handle this stuff. It says that the night is far spent for the day is at hand. So put on Christ. You know what I'm saying? That's what the Bible tells us to do. If you look in movies and war movies, if you fall on the battlefield at the end of the movie, the army that wins, they, they come out into the battlefield with their spears and they, they poke the people that are, that are, that are, you know, sitting there crawling around, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so the way I view is if you're on the battlefield, God is not going to, we're on a battlefield. We're trying to bring the kingdom to earth. We're pursuing Jesus. We're trying to expose darkness. We're trying to establish something here. God is not concerned right now. He judges people at the end of their yeah, life. On. He judges you at the end of your life, how you end. He's not sitting here day by day. It says his mercy are new every day. So every day that you wake up is a brand new clean slate in the spirit. You get up and you pursue Jesus. And so this whole, you know, and then and I, we could change the topic. That's the last thing I want to say about, you know, once saved, always saved is that if you can lose your salvation, how is it encouraging to tell people that? Because yeah. I'm already hearing the devil tell me it's too late. I'm already right. hearing the devil tell me, hey, uh -huh. you, uh, here, we all know the scriptures. I'm already hearing the devil point out those scriptures. And, and now I'm feeling condemned. And now I'm not really hearing God. And now I got a preacher telling me you can lose your salvation, add into that fear. I don't think yeah. so. It doesn't and, make sense. And maybe it's even just, I don't want to say it's a non-issue, but maybe that's not, maybe you're, when we focus in on, can you be saved, once saved, always saved, maybe that's not the point. Maybe that's mm -hmm. not even the conversation we should be having. It's, hey, man, isn't Jesus amazing? Right. Like, isn't he awesome? Isn't his, what he did, that's good news. Like, mm -hmm. what he did was good news. You know And I mean? It's like going into like, because, yeah, you can look at it and go, okay, well, uh, because what happens, what we've seen the fruit of both sides of this, this argument, Josh, is like, once saved, always saved, or no, you can lose your salvation. Well, if you're once saved, always saved, if left unchecked, turns into fluffy uh right. you know like uh postmodern progressive christianity where it's like you can do whatever you want i've seen right. those churches I've, exactly I've been to those churches exactly uh, where you know pr promiscuity is one of these things where it's silently just uh, tolerated all those things i've seen it um but then the opposite side is absolute dogma and legalism of mm -hmm. like where it just becomes this like thing where you just it's this this fear looming over everyone's head because then it's you're producing because once saved always saved can turn into no works whereas exactly. whereas uh uh you can lose your salvation that ideology can produce works driven by fear and driven by religion um 100% and, and so maybe it is maybe it is that the i don't know is actually less about i don't know and more about 
that's not the point. Like this debate isn't the point. The point is fixing our gaze upon Jesus, getting greater revelation of his love and then being propelled by that love, realizing how saved you really are, you know? Right. No. And, and you just hit it on the head and that, you know, and and so I wanted to get that out of the way. And then I, you know, we're time is cruising by. We're having a dude. A, I know it's great. This is um, good. I want to move into the next portion of what I was, you know, trying to talk about and that that's sin. And that's where, that's what takes a play play in all of this. Um, and we all go through, you know, those, those seasons where you're, you're some, and most believers go through the, like you were just talking about heavy grace, like all grace, grace, love, forgiveness, mm-hmm. and then heavy condemnation. You could, you know, every sin is like, could be your last. And it's, you know, you have to find the balance in between that because it's, it's both it's fear of God and grace. If you only have the grace of God, you lose the fear of God. You lose the purity and the holiness of God. If you only have fear of the Lord, you don't have grace. You don't have a lot of joy. You don't have a lot of love. You get stiff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, um, when it comes to sin, first John two says, when you were a baby in Christ, you knew that your sins were forgiven. When you're a babe in Christ, all you know is that you have a father and your sins are forgiven. But then it says, young men, you have overcome and overcome the evil one. You've overcome your sins. So to transition from a babe in Christ is to understand that you're already forgiven. Once you move into sonship, that is when you overcome the enemy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Good. And so once you overcome the enemy, you know how you already know you're already forgiven. That's that's part of how you stop sinning. You don't need that constant validation of don't worry, you're saved. Don't worry, you're saved. Don't worry, you're saved. You know. Right. Right. Or even, you know, you hear people like they're they're trying to repent, apologizing to God for something for for days. That's what I used to do. I used to literally lay in bed and I'll never forget it. One time I was probably a year and a half saved. I, I fornicated with my wife. You know what I mean? We were one of those couples where it's like, you know, we made it six weeks and fell and made it. Yeah. Five weeks. That's <laughs> yeah. what we did, you know? And, yeah. and so I, I fell into sin with her. Mm-hmm. I laid in my bed for two days and cried. I didn't go to work, dude. I laid in my bed and cried like a baby and, and said, my life is over. It's over. It's too late. I mean, I did that condemnation thing. I, I, I lay there and I'll never forget after two days, I laid there and I, I got up and just looked at my phone or something. And all of a sudden I heard the Holy Spirit say, are you done now? Are you done yet? <laughs> Like you ready to get back to like, are you over yourself yet? Wow. And so all this forgiveness stuff that people struggle with, it's, it's just in your head. And that's what happened in the, in the garden of Eden is that God didn't, they went and hid. God didn't tell them go hide. And so Uh what happens with sin, and this is why it's so, it is extreme. I mean, the law of God doesn't change, right? As far as the spiritual structure of our life and the, the rules and the boundaries, he said, I don't change. Sin will always equal death, no matter how much grace and no matter how much blood of Jesus you put in your life. Sin equals death, period. It's going to kill something within your soul. But again, this doesn't affect your spirit necessarily. It affects your soul. It would put a, a border between you and God. It Absolutely. will harden your heart, which in turn softens your, kills your faith. And that is why sin is so deadly. It hardens your heart. That's what Hebrews 3 says. So it hardens your heart, which a hard heart is always compared to a lack of faith and unbelief. Once you harden your heart to a certain point, Jesus or God says, I think in Micah or Hosea, he says, you have hardened your heart till it was diamond hard. We all know diamonds create pressure, which means that his conviction was pressing on their rebellion so long that it made their heart so hard that it was as if it was a diamond. 
And so that's what sin does. It disconnects you from from his being. And so the problem is that sin, God forgives you. We get sin conscious and we look at our sin. I just saw a clip actually on your guys's page where the guy said you, you look at Jesus and that's how you overcome. And that's the truth. There's two ways that you overcome this. It's one by the in the most powerful ways by having a revelation of the love of God. You keep looking at Jesus. You encounter his love in a way that sin loses its taste. The, uh, the other way is if you're somebody, because a lot of people are like, I tried to pray, I don't feel connected to God. I don't feel like that, you know, work for me, is that you have a revelation of the death that's brought into your life to the point where you lose your taste for it. Once you see this is destroying my life, if you have love for yourself or for those around you, if, if you're even struggling with your love for God, but if you at least love your life, that that's not the, the best place to play, but it's actually a very powerful place to play. You know what I mean? You can use the love you have for your own life for your benefit. When you see this is only bringing death into your life, the only reason sin will have holds on certain people is because there's an aspect of your soul that still finds joy or comfort from it. Mm. You know what I mean? And if I look at the any sin that I've struggled with in my walk, that's what it is. There was always like one little thing where I could be like, uh, this is this it does this or something you know yeah. what i'm saying this it's an outlet this... or it's yeah it's, right i'm sad so this is gonna help or whatever right yeah. and so and so the whole thing with sin is that it will completely destroy your walk i mean it will destroy everything yeah you know what i'm saying oh, yeah. and, and and again i don't know how much that goes into salvation but i know that you if you if you're if you're so what i'm getting at is if you're a christian and you are just like barely reading your bible barely praying you might go to church sunday you're very compromised. I'm not even going to sit here and, and and try to scare you about salvation. But what I'm going to tell you is good luck getting anywhere in God. Good mm-hmm. luck, like fulfilling any of the promises that God spoke over you. Good luck fulfilling any of that because you have to be able to carry what he wants to do in you. Mm-hmm. And if you are just in these places weighed down by sin, it says in the Bible, it says that a rebellious people will dwell in a parched land. So it's talking about when Israel is going out and he led them on a straight path into a promised land. Uh, man, I can't remember. It's one of my favorite. It's in Psalms, though, and I can't remember it right now. But he says he, he, he will lead the solitary into a home. But, but the last part, he says, a, a rebellious people will dwell in a parched land. So when you are living in a well, way where she's you're probably going to find it, she'll show it in the private chat. It? She's, it's Psalm she, something, that's, Psalm that's 69, I think. I think it's Psalm 68 or 69. Um, but it says a, a rebellious people will, will dwell in a parched land. And it is so true. And like I said, I've had those seasons. I've had my little moments of rebellion. I've had my little moments where I, I you know, was like, oh, I'm just going to take it easy. I had my moments where I said, oh, I'm going to compromise with this one little thing. I've done all that. And that's why, you know, that's why I'm passionate about this, because I've seen the love of God and the mercy and the grace of God through yeah, these then, things here we go psalm 68 6 yeah god sets the lonely lonely in families he leads out the prisoners with singing but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land oh it says sun-scorched so in um in other in esv it will say a parched land hmm. um but but the point is is that when you live in sin you're always going to be living in a parched place it's you're never going to enter that land of like abundance especially yeah. you might have abundance in your life, but like we were talking about in the beginning, you will never enter the land of having an abundance in your soul, like where your spirit is thriving, where your soul is thriving. And so that's the, you know, that's the, that's the thing with works and sin is that 
purity is like the key. You cannot have union with God outside of purity. Right. Whenever the Bible says like um, you've read, you know, I'm sure John, first John, like first John altogether is probably one of the most convicting books, I think. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Without question. I agree. Yeah. And, and it's one of my favorite because of that. And for a while it used to, there was certain times if I read it at a certain time, it would condemn me. But I finally figured out how it's supposed to read in the sense that when it says, if you sin, you do not have the love of God. If you, you, you know, you love, you know, it's has these very like intense statements like, oh, if you sin, you don't know the truth's not in you. <laughs> if you, you know what I mean? It's like, dang, like I don't love God. I'm not his, I'm, I'm a child of Satan. I, I did one thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, and what I realized is that what it comes down to is that sinning against God and love for God can never cohabitate. They can never dwell together. And this doesn't mean, oh, hey, I'm Josh. Um, you're Jeff. You love God. I don't love God. Um, or I do or I don't. Right. It's not it's not that simple. What it means is that you have to choose to love God every second of the day, moment by moment. So what it is saying is that if you choose sin in that moment, you're not loving God by default. They cannot cohabitate. However, that doesn't mean you don't love God. It means in that moment, you chose your sin over God. So in that moment, you did not love God. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so when you start to understand that this is a moment by moment thing, the way you you get out of this is by first understanding your sins are forgiven, become a little child, understand you have a father, your sins are forgiven. Once you enter into sonship, you understand that um, through works, you know what I'm saying? It's through works that you enter into sonship and become a young man. And those yeah. works are seeking God, spending time with God, doing what he tells you to do. Yeah. Once you enter that place, you will understand how to overcome the enemy. You know what I mean? Typically, mm -hmm. typically it's not the, it's not people. People typically get to a place where there, we all have sin in our life, but you typically get to a place where that sin is, it, sh it should start getting more spread out and more unintentional. You know what I'm saying? And, and mm -hmm. I believe I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody that thinks you're supposed to be, there's Christians out there think you really are supposed to be perfect, which, you know, is weird to me because I'm not Paul and Paul clearly says he wasn't perfect. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so I'm in pursuit of it. However, I have my mistakes. I have my flesh. I have my moments. I have my days. I might have months where I don't even get a conviction. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, and the second you, the Paul says, be careful, be careful. Uh, you, you think you're something less you fall. It always happens like that. They all have months where I'm like, dang, I'm really like, you know, not in a <laughs> proud way, but yeah. in my heart, I'm kind of like, I hey, God, I think I'm getting this thing. Uh -huh. And the second I think that it's like the next day I'm, you know, something comes out of me that, uh -huh. and so my point mm -hmm. is that we're supposed to live with just just be glad that you're saved. Yeah. And don't worry. Like God knows where you're at. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. don't focus on where you're falling, where you're failing. And that's well, where... and I think too, like the whole idea of like constant validation of needing to, needing validation from heaven. Yes, you are saved. Yes, you are saved. Yes, you are saved. Um think of how that how that well, let's use the whole example of love. For example, again, if you know you're loved by someone, um, rather than needing constant validation of them loving you, like my wife, for example, if I needed every moment of every day, needed validation 
that no don't worry i love you don't worry i love you don't worry i love you don't worry we're still married i love yeah, you yeah. don't worry we're still, like how much i mean even seeing that illustration it's not hard for people to see yeah that would really slow you down in yeah. terms of development but yeah. if i know that she loves me and she knows that i love her definitively then everything we do will be an expression of that thus mm -hmm. validating that love without even trying i mean you're trying and that you're you're actually putting forth effort but you're not having to go now because i did that did you notice the reason why i did that is because i love you and stopping at every moment right so yeah. it's the same thing in our relationship with the lord is yes you are saved we know like we could quote scriptures all day of like hey this is like to to validate that okay yes you are saved now comes the now comes the fun part and that's walking this out so going right. to like first john for example one of my old mentors he you know we would always talk about how convicting first john was or is um and he the he gave an analogy to me that i thought was really good he said the way i look at first john is like it would be very it's explaining the rules of the game right not that this is a game but um what's expected of us and mm -hmm. he said it would be like it would be cruel to take someone like josh say you've never seen american football ever and all of a sudden I slap pads on you. I set you in the middle of a field, give you a ball and go, okay, go score a point. You're like, what is going on? You know, uh, and th that's just a, you know, a recipe for you to get seriously injured as well. For sure. Um, and, and so first John, a lot of times in, in a lot of ways is that playbook of like, this is how we're supposed to live. This is what's expected of us. This is what your life should produce. Uh, if, the love of Christ is in you, you know, right. and I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it. So, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's definitely, it's, it's one of those things like similar to what you're saying is it's, it's calling you up while convicting you where you are. And I think that's kind of a, a, a consistent theme we, we see, you know, God knows where you're at and, and, and even, you know, and I'll, I'll even give you this example, you know, what sin in one season might not be sin in another season. And I'll give you an example, you know, because some of a lot of this stuff, especially in today's culture, is not talked about in the Bible. You can make pretty accurate, um, you know, assumptions about what God thinks about a lot of these things. However, I'll give you one example. Um, I had my dreads when I got saved. Right. Mm -hmm. um, three months into being saved, God asked me to cut my dreads. It wasn't a sin if I kept them and it wasn't a sin for having them. It was an invitation into something deeper, and God was asking me to let go of something. If I would have ignored it, I'm sure it would have greatly delayed me. It would have hindered me. However, it wasn't a sin, but I cut them off, and God, you know, he rewarded me for it in, in his own way and in a personal way. Um, same thing, I had, I've had gauges. I had gauges my whole walk until probably three months ago. I had gauges. One, more, one day I'm in prayer. All of a sudden, God told me, put, your, put my gauges on the altar. And it was so sudden. And it was one of those things where I said, God, why all of a sudden, you know, like out of nowhere, you, like it's not a, it wasn't a sin for me to have my gauges. But he told me and here's what's crazy. He told me, he said, he said, I'm trying to open doors. I'm an open door for you. And if you it'll be easier for me to open that door if you take them out. Now, I don't know what that meant. All I know is that I, I obeyed it. And yeah. the next week was when I got called to go on the Daily Wire. Now, I'm not saying like, I don't I don't know. 
But all I know is that there's things that God will require you to like, it'll be cool one season. And then the next season, God's like, Hey, I need you to let this go. Maybe, maybe next month I need to take my nose ring out. I don't know, but it's not, it's not something where I see it as a sin. It's just like, look, we're going somewhere different. We got to right. change some things. It's well, and- yeah. And I've seen people, I've seen people where they God has had them do that. And then later he's like, all right, you can put them in if you want again, right. for example. And not that we expect, okay, he's asking me to take the gauges out, which means that he's going to give me permission to put them back in. He might not, yeah. it doesn't matter, you know? And also the daily wire wasn't looking at Josh and being like, Josh Zakoff, we like this guy. Oh guys, he's got gauges. We can't have him on. So it's not like that's, but it's, it's less about that. And it's more about your obedience to God. Exactly. And he like, it's not our place to say, God, give me an exact play by play. I've been put in so many positions faith wise. Actually, I'm going through some stuff right now where it's like, God will not show me the, I'm not one of those people that needs like, okay, I need to know beginning to end what's the outcome of this thing before I go. That's actually requires no faith at at all. Right. But going like, okay, if I do this, I need to like, typically in the past, he's shown me very short snippets, but there's been a a slight cause and then like, okay, and this is going to lead kind of to this. That's And I'm like, okay, good. We're good. Okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I've been going through a season right now where it's been literally none of that. He's like, all right, I want you to do this. Okay, now I want you to do this. Mm. Okay, now I want you to do this. And I'm like, none of these things seem related to what I feel like God has put on my heart. But I know what his voice sounds like because I spend Mm. time with him. And so not rather than demanding, okay, no, God, I need to know everything in order. I'm like, well, there's where's the faith in that? You know, and it's a lot cooler. Honestly, it's a lot. It it doesn't always feel this way in the moment, but retroact retrospect. You know, it's, it's always a lot cooler when you're like, and God said this and I did it and look what God did. And then people go, Whoa, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and then they want to do that, you know, yeah. then they want to step out. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, but, and that's one of the things that, you know, coming from addiction, feelings were my thing. Like I wanted to feel God. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel. So when God started weaning me off feelings, I mean, this has been like a struggle my whole walk. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I love feeling God. I love feeling his presence. I love hearing his voice. Like, who doesn't? But I know that one thing, it's extremely easy to live as a Christian when you're just feeling it all the time. It's extremely easy. And so um, this ties back into what I was saying about sonship. Once you grow into sonship, there always has to be a season where you operate as a son. And part of that is understanding what you're supposed to say and what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go without him having to tell you. Because if we share in the mind of Christ, it's a literal thing. I don't need my dad to give me a specific direction. I just know his ways, you know, where it Mm -hmm. says in the Bible that Moses knew his ways. Israel knew their uh, or Israel knew his works. That's so good. Like. I don't need to know every, you know, every detail of what, what I'm supposed to do, where I'm supposed to go, how it's supposed to happen. When you become a son, you operate as a son and you just do what your father would do because you know him, because you've been with him. You spend time with him. Now, don't get me wrong. I love that, that super, the super accurate prophecy. This is like you just said, the testimonies, (laughs) they're nice. They're nice. But that's one thing that I've learned is just, just be a son, like just operate as a son. That's something I'm always growing in. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Just be a son. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mm. And and you're a son. You can how can you be unsunned? You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
<laughs> well, I think too, again, it goes back to like perspective of like, just like if you know your love, if, if you knew your son, like, you know, you know, what's expected of you, like you're talking about, but you also know that there's a, there's a degree of affirmation in there, you know, like, no, I am his son. And then what that produces in you as a result is, man. Yeah. That's yeah, where dude. the magic happens for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. all right. I think, I think we'll stop it here. I want to, there's some other things I want to talk about. But we'll save for another time. Um, yeah. I was gonna say I had, I had one more thing, but maybe I should just save that for next time as well. Well, I mean, I mean, we can keep going if you want. I just, no, I mean, it was, it was, it was one thing it was like, so I have, it was just one note that I pulled out that I was going to share. Cause it was with the topic. Yeah. Um, go for it. And I was just, you know, and, and I have like, so I have like, you know, a whole, um, no, like hundreds of notes and they're either, they're part various types of forms of, of sermons, right? Some are more built up than others. Um, and I just, I mean, I've just sit on, I just sit on them. I don't really share them. I, I don't. And so this was just one that God kind of highlighted to me to share those with the topic. And so one of my favorite things to do is I love to, I love to read the King James next to the ESV, especially in the Old Testament, because what happens is you'll notice there's actually a lot of words that almost contradict each other. So when you look them up in the Hebrew, you're like, what? And it, it just gives the most sickest revelations behind it. And so this is one verse I want to read real, real shortly. Um, this is Isaiah 57, 8. And in King James, it says, Behind the doors also, and the post has thou set up thy remembrance. For thou hast discovered thyself to another. Then me and art gone up. Thou hast enlarged thy bed and made thee a covenant with them. Thou lovest their bed where thou saw it. That's King James. Now in ESV, it says, behind the door and the doorpost, you have set up your memorial for deserting me. You have uncovered your bed. You have gone up to it. You have made it wide and you have made a covenant for yourself with them. You have loved their bed. You have looked on nakedness. Now, the first thing you're going to realize is that the same word is used for discovered and deserting. In King James, it says that that you discovered thyself, which means you formed an identity within yourself through another person outside of me. The word there is galah, and it actually means discovered, and it means deserted, among other things, to publish, to remove. And so basically the word that is used for discovered is used for deserting. So when you discover yourself and your identity in something outside of God, you are also simultaneously deserting God. Every mm -hmm. time you find identity in something outside of God, you desert God and then you find an identity outside of God and then you rest and you make your bed outside of God's will and you lay down in your rebellion. And so that's just it's just one of those kind of those double meanings of, of you know, because if you just read that in the King James, you you won't catch that. But it's so it was it was just it blew my mind when I saw that, because I'm like, man, any time that I discover identity in something else, I'm deserting God hmm. every time. And I'm making a bed, you know, somewhere outside of his will. And so anyways, that was the last thing I want to share. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And. Uh, especially with you mentioning, um, just a side note here, not really a side note, but, uh, taking the ESV and the, the King James. Um, and I do the same thing with, I, I typically read NIV is just the Bible that I read when I'm just wanting to read. And also yeah. I found that like most of the scriptures I have memorized just through repetition have been the NIV. So I'm like, ah, whatever, it's going to be easiest to jump in, but, but I have multiple other translations, but one of my favorite things to do is to sit there and I've got NIV, I've got the um, 
also have the NAS, NASB, but I also have the King James version. And then I have concordances for each of those. Mm-hmm. And so then when you really want to dive into it, you pick a word, you're like, hold on, this word's different here. Then you can bust out the concordance. Yeah. yeah. And then the lexicon and you just dive in <laughs> deep, bro. Yeah. It's legit. what uh, um what Bible app do you use? I have a accordance have on uh on my MacBook. I use accordance and I love I mean it's oh, pretty really? sick. Yeah, it has devotionals, um, but then it has a reading plan like built into the app, and then it just has a thing where you go over the word, it shows you the you know what I mean? It's just has commentary, has a, a, a it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, and so it was, I, and it was free. Cause I'm like a I'm a like a hard copy person. So I like love like having all the different like Bibles out. There's just something for me about like fl- actually flipping through concordances, yeah. actually flipping through. But I also do use the U version Bible app as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I I switch it up. I typically use just Bibles, but uh, if I really am trying to like study to put something together, I use my the the app because it's just Dude. more compact. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check it out because I'm always looking for other other uh, apps and stuff like that. So check it out um uh okay i think i think we're good all right uh i'm gonna keep going um can you do me a favor man and just pray like that i know there's some people that this really i think if anything i feel um encouragement i definitely feel that encouragement from what you were saying yeah um and just that affirmation that some people do need do need a greater revelation of God's love. You know, and maybe yeah. it's somebody who's listening right now in the house of someone who's actually watching this and the other person's just overhearing yeah. it. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Father, I just thank you for just your ways. Mm-hmm. I thank you for your grace and I thank you for your patience. I thank you that you're long suffering and that is one of the fruits that that you display perfectly and when i look at the way that you've incorporated that fruit into my life and the ways you've tested me into it it helps me to see just how good you are and how you suffer for long periods of time and make covenant with people that you're willing to suffer and wait for and be patient with and work on and so father i just thank you for everybody that's listening right now that needs encouragement. I ask God that you would just breathe on their heart right now. In Jesus name, I ask that you would solidify their faith, that you would validate their salvation. I thank you, Father. They are saved. There's nothing that's going to get in their way. They will not be stopped. They will rise up with the wings of eagles and they will triumph and they will overcome, Father. They will scale the walls and they will strengthen their arms and they will go forth through this battle and they will see you face to face. Your Lord or your face, Lord, we seek. And so, Father, I thank you that you would just encourage everybody that needs encouragement. I thank you, Father, that you would allow everybody that is struggling in some area or another, that you would give them just a second win, that you would give them just just send them your love, Jesus. I ask, God, that you would stir up their spirits, that they would rise up, that they would ascend the hill of the Lord. And I just ask for just a fresh grace for works, Lord, that, that we work not for your love. We work not for your salvation, but we work because we're in love with you and we want to get closer and we want to do your will. And so, Father, I just thank you for a, a fresh grace on everybody that's watching, a fresh pour of your grace, 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 grace in the name of Jesus Christ and empowerment in mm. Jesus name. Amen. Yeah, come on. All right, man. This is good stuff. Yeah, man. This, really? was, a, this was a good this was a good one.
Yeah, this is the one for the books, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, how can people follow you? You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at uh, Joshua underscore Kingdom Priest. Um, I have a Facebook. But I don't really get on it too much. So, um, And then I have a YouTube channel, just my name, Joshua Zatkoff. You can follow me there. I'm trying to start getting more active on that. And nice. um, Yeah, man. Nice. And then aren't you – did this already happen? But I saw you were going to do like a – you're you're gonna participate in a concert. You're gonna do some uh some of your songs. You're gonna you're gonna do some some of the rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's actually supposed to be this past weekend, and I was gonna go, but then that whole smoke stuff happened. Um, oh yeah, that's right. That's over there. And it just it just actually ended up just not being a good weekend. Like it was just like one of those things where you're like, I just feel like I don't really. It just felt kind of rushed and just uh, I didn't have like full peace about it, and so I just said, Hey man, I'm just. I'm gonna sit it out. It was just it was too much to just basically go perform a couple songs. It seemed, it was like too many. So I said I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull back. Yeah, so. Especially because you said it was it'd been a while too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's really weird that how that's kind of just my desires kind of have left for that. Um, very rarely do I'm like, yeah, I want to rap, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, seriously, thank you so much. I, I always you. love having you on the show, dude. Of course, man. Thank yeah, you. All right, everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Tuesday. Tune in tomorrow. Remember, we got the Power of Prayer teaching series with Christina Baker, part one of three. It's going to be legit. That's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, in the description, under the stuff we talked about section right there, is our survey. We want to hear from you guys. Pick the three topics that you would like to see more of in a more focused fashion. We'd love to hear from you. You guys can also do be a little spicy do the other option and enter in your own suggestions we love love hearing from you guys so we're going to be doing that all week so check that out take like a minute to fill that out we really appreciate it love you guys we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time okay bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Today.